Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. I'm so excited about today sharing the word with you. Would you open to Matthew chapter 6? Matthew chapter 6 and uh, this is week four of our worship series, and I know that you're all going to get something out of this today, but Matthew chapter six, um, uh, Jesus talks about uh, worship here in our lives, and the, the title of my message today is Exchanging Worry for Worship. Exchanging Worry <laughs> for Worship. Uh, if you haven't listened to or if you want to catch up on the rest of these messages uh, I believe this is week five. I said week four, but this is week five. They're all on podcasts. Go to iTunes, go to SoundCloud, subscribe, and the new one will always pop up every single week. But I want to read from Matthew chapter six and verse 24. <clears throat> Can we all look at our screens here or look in your Bibles or um, electronic Bibles? Whatever you have is great. But let's... Look up here and I'll read together, can we? It says, no one can serve, let's say together, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Can we say that again? You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, continue reading, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Father, as we approach your word today, we thank you that you illuminate it, that you give us revelation. Show us how the word of God applies to our own heart individually today. We know that there's no hope, there's no life, there's no answers, there's no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord. So we pray for the wisdom in the Word of God and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to custom tailor this Word to us today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, have you ever uh, been looking online? You know, every, most people will purchase things, or a lot of people will purchase things online. Uh, you see Amazon Prime or with different stores that they like. And have you ever been looking at something and you see something online, you see that model or you see someone and you say, man, that looks really good. That's the way I want to look and that's what I'm going to buy. And you'll go and you'll think, well, should I buy it? Should I know what size? And, da, 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 da. and you eventually, you buy it and it comes to you and you, you get it in, you know, you get it in the mail and that person drives up to your house and drops it off and you put it on or you look at it and you just say, it just wasn't exactly what, I don't look like that model. <laughs> Anybody ever, or maybe you do, okay? But I didn't. <laughs> I looked at it and I thought, I remember uh, a while back, I saw this shirt and I thought, man, I really like that shirt. And I told Tiffany, in fact, I didn't tell you about this one. I said, hey, I'm not gonna tell her about this one. I, said, I bought this shirt and I said, I really like this shirt. And the shirt came and I put it on and man, this thing was like, I mean, it looked like it looked like a wet, I was in a wet T-shirt contest or something. I mean, it was sorry to give you that picture, but uh, that's the way it looked. I took that thing and I put it on. I buttoned that thing up and I walked over to Tiffany. I said, "Hey, what do you think about my shirt?" She's like, 
<laughs> you know, she laughed. I said, you think I should send it back or you think I should grow into it or, or you know, kind of shrink into it, should I say? She said, send it back. <laughs> I took that thing. I sent it back. See, but I, 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 I thought it was going to look a certain way and I had to exchange it. Why did I exchange it? Because it wasn't really what I thought it was going to be. Maybe it looked good on someone else, but it didn't look good on me, okay? Um, you know, jobs, sometimes people will say, in fact, I know one person that said, I really wanted to be a, a, a doctor or a nurse and be in the health industry. And then they got into it and they said, but I really enjoy the business industry too. And so I'm going to try to get into that. And they didn't know what to do. And they've come to me and said, hey, would you help me through that? And I've said, well, what do you want to do in the business industry? And they're talking about both of those things. And I said, well, in order to really pursue and get fully into accounting and fully get into and try to do both, it's hard to do both. Sometimes we're split between two different things, and we say, how can I do it all? Now, sometimes the Lord does call you, and you have the capacity and the grace to be able to do it all. But oftentimes, uh, you can't have two careers. You can't have two things that you're trying to serve. You can't have two bosses, two masters. Uh, and the same thing with the Lord. That's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, you cannot serve God and serve mammon. Mammon's not just money. Mammon is really a spirit on money. It's something that, it's that love of money. There are poor people and there are rich people. It's not just, you know, people say, yeah, it's the rich, you know, that, that, that God hates. No, no, no. The spirit of mammon can come on poor or rich. It has nothing to do with how much you have in your account. It has to do with what's in your heart. Somebody say amen. And he's saying you can't serve God and you can't serve this spirit of mammon. The same thing with any other spirit. You can't say, well, I'm a, I'm a Christian and I'm a, a Hare Krishna, <laughs> you know, or I'm Christian, I'm Buddhist also, or I'm Christian. No, you, I mean, you have to pick one. You have to know who you're serving. But he says you can't serve God and you can't serve mammon. But then he goes on and he says, therefore I say to you, don't worry about your life. Can I tell you either you're going to serve God or you're going to worry about your life? Either you're going to serve God or you're going to serve worry and concern and fear. And I think this is why a lot of times people will have a difficulty abandoning their hearts to God and worshiping God is because they're trying to love God, but they're still wondering, what about me? What about God and what about all this stuff? And even in the middle of worship, I don't know if, it, if this happens to you, but you'll be in the middle of loving God and worshiping God and you're thinking about all, all your challenges this week. And can serve all your stuff. And Jesus is saying you cannot serve God and someone else. No one can serve two masters. Can you say that? No one can serve two masters. He didn't say you shouldn't serve two masters. He said you can't serve two masters. You can't get over in this field of worrying about your life and everything's about making it and you and all this kind of stuff and serving God at the same time. They're going to conflict. See, but worry is a part of our society. In fact, sometimes people will look at it as if you're not in worry, you just don't have enough sense to worry. You really don't have enough common sense. You should be worried. No, if you're serving the Lord, you should be responsible. Notice he didn't say don't think about your life. Notice he didn't say don't plan. Notice he didn't say don't project. He didn't say, because sometimes people say, I'm just not going to worry about it. Well, you, should, you should think about it. You should pray about it. 
right? But you shouldn't worry about it. You shouldn't be concerned. How do you know the difference? Peace. See, we all have this gauge on the inside, peace. And if on the inside when you're thinking about it, you have trouble, turmoil, you feel like you're going to explode, that's not peace. That's called worry. It's called concern. And it's disobedient to the commandment of the Lord. I know that sounds really harsh, but if he said, do not commit adultery, I know we'd all say, well, yeah, that's sin if we don't do it. But if he says, do not worry, and we worry, is that sin? Well, yeah. It's a sin to worry. I said it's a sin to worry. It says it over and over and over and over again in the Bible. In fact, even when angels would come to meet, uh, to meet mankind, they would stop, and the, one of the first things they'd say is, do not fear. Do not worry. When God comes, he's not trying to give this message of, hey, by the way, I'm here, and I'm about to jack up your life. I'm here, and I'm about to mess up all your, I don't, because I don't like you. I'm not on your side. No, he's coming and saying, I'm with you. Don't worry. Now, be worried if, if you're not, if you're serving someone else. You should be worried because you you're not living under the covering of the Lord. But he's saying, don't worry. Don't worry. It's important for us not to worry. No one can serve two masters. If you live in fear and worry about your life, you cannot serve God completely. Well, then what do we think about? Well, Jesus says it when he says, you can't serve two masters he says, so don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what, what you'll put on. is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. What does he say? Well, if we're not looking at the circumstances and worrying about it, what do we? Well, Jesus says, look at the birds. Look at the birds. Look at the birds. How's that going to help? Well, ask the Lord. He said, look at the birds. What do you mean, look at the birds? He really mean that? No, I mean, you can be in a circumstance, a situation, and you glance out your window, and he's saying, consider something outside of you. See, we get worried because we're just thinking about us, and is it going to work out? Is it not going to work out? But he's saying, look outside your situation. Look at the birds. Am I not taking care of the birds? Look at the grass of the field. Am I not taking the care of the grass of the field? And they're not even praying today but they're not worried, and I'm taking care of their lives. Look outside of your situation. If you remember Abraham in the Bible when God gave Abraham a promise, and he was 100, she was 90, and he's saying, you're going to have a kid, and he's going, Lord, did you look at this body? Lord, did you see? I know you don't have mirrors maybe, but I have mirrors, and I'm looking at my body, and look at this. And the Bible says that he was saying, look, God, and God took him out. He said, come outside, Abraham. And he said, look at the stars. What was he saying? Quit looking at your situation because your situation is getting you worried, right? How do you stop worrying? Quit looking at your situation and start looking at something else. Look at the birds of the field. Look at the, he says in verse uh, 28, he says, um, excuse me, verse 26, look at the birds. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather into barns, they're not, they don't have bank accounts, they don't have all this, yet your heavenly Father is taking care of them. Which of you by worrying can add one cupid to his stature? Can I tell you, he's saying worry will not make you taller. I'm just a short man, and I'm worried about it. Don't be worried. Worrying is not going to make you taller. Worrying is not going to make you shorter. Worrying is not going to make you thinner. Right? Worrying is not going to make you richer. Worrying is not going to make you more athletic and more fit and better at social skills. Worry is not going to help you. 
in your life. Jesus said that. Instead, what do, we, what do we do? Well, we look at something else. And then he goes on to verse 28 and he says, Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't toil. They don't spin. And yet Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed. He wasn't dressed as bling as these guys. He's saying on a consistent basis. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is in the barn was thrown in the oven, how will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Notice he equates or he groups worrying with little faith. Because the reason I say is because some people glory in their worrying. They just call it responsible. It's not responsible to worry. It's responsible to plan. It's responsible to pray. It's responsible to be disciplined. But it's not responsible to worry. He says, oh, you have little faith. <laughs> the reason we're worried is because we're looking at our situation. And we think, well, we should be worried. But he's saying, oh, you have little faith. So he says in verse 31, so therefore, do not worry saying. Can I say, uh, uh, remind you, worry a lot of times speaks. It leaks, right? You have all your, if you're full of all this worry, and it leaks, it speaks. He says, do not worry saying, what are we going to drink? What are we going to do? Where are we going to live? Where's the money going to come from? Where's the answer going to come from? I'm single. Where's my wife? Where's my husband? What's going to happen? What do I do about tomorrow? And if everything's okay today, right, if everything's good today, then you get to the city and you go, I got up to today. What about tomorrow, right? It never stops. Come on, I said, worry never stops. You think that... That, that God is going to take care of you and you got up to today, but what about tomorrow? See, if you can get trapped with feeling worry is just responsibility, you'll always worry. But Jesus says, don't worry about today. And then he goes on and says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. He's saying, brother, sister, you have enough to think about today. You have enough to be concerned about today. You have enough to have... Not, Excuse me, not be concerned like overwhelmed or like without God, but you have enough going on in your life today. Don't be concerned about tomorrow. You have enough. Do you know that when you worry about tomorrow, you're trying to take today's account and spend it on tomorrow? God didn't give you grace for tomorrow yet. So you're wondering where's the grace for tomorrow? It'll be there tomorrow. When you get to that place tomorrow, sufficiency will come. Just ask yourself, if you're a righteous person, been serving the Lord, love the Lord, have a pure heart. I'm not talking perfect. None of us are perfect. And if you think you are, you're not perfect. <laughs> Just by saying that. But if all of us, if you have a right heart before the Lord, you're trying to serve the Lord, have you ever been let down by God? Has God ever not taken care of you? He's always taken care of you. So if he has up to this point, he will tomorrow. Come on, just say, I have nothing to worry about. Can we just say that over our own lives? I have nothing to worry about. So therefore, say it. Therefore, I do not worry. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to worry. See, it's important to say it, to declare it, to get it out of your, to position your heart of saying, I'm not going to worry, but I'm going to worship. Okay. Philippians 4. Philippians 4, verse 4, I like to go to verse 6 right away because it says be anxious for nothing. But Philippians 4 starts out by verse 4. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. <laughs> 
Where should our rejoicing be? I said, where should our rejoicing be? In the Lord. We should have our hearts connected with God in the Lord. Why does this have to do with worship? Because you can't worship and worry. You can't serve two masters. And if we're thinking about worrying about our lives, then we can't keep our lives on God and focused on God. So what do you have to do? We have to choose not to worry and choose to worship the Lord instead. So he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, in case you missed it, what does he say? Rejoice. Rejoice. How often should we rejoice? Always. Where do we rejoice? In our hearts. In your hearts, one of the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy. So you should always have joy. But what about my circumstance? That's what I'm talking about. Quit looking at it. Keep looking at the Lord. Bring your, bring your situation back to the Lord. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be made known to all men, for the Lord is at hand. But look in verse 6. Read it with me. Be anxious for nothing. Say it with me. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Say, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. With thanksgiving. When you're in prayer, are we like, oh, God, why did you forsake me? I know Jesus said that, but why? Oh, God, what about my situation? No, he says, with thanksgiving. You know, with thanksgiving is, Lord, up to this point, you've taken care of me every step of the way. Come on. You've taken care of me every step of the way. Lord, you're not going to let me down. Lord, you're taking care of my present. Lord, you're taking care of the future. Lord, you're leading and guiding and directing my steps. I have nothing to worry about. Sometimes I'll just, if, if, I'm, if I find worry coming on me, you say, you do? Oh, marvelous opportunities to worry. I have big opportunities to worry. But what do I do? Worry starts to come and I just say, I'm not going to take it. I don't let, I'm just going to let, just like, just like duck off a, you know, just like a water off a duck's back. <laughs> I never said that right. Water off a duck's back, right? I just let worry, it comes on me, and I just let it roll right off. I'm not going to take it. Why? The Lord said not to. Jesus commanded us, don't worry about your life. Prayer and supplication with the day. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. You can't be thankful and worry at the same time. I said, you can't be thankful and worry at the same time. I'll tell you, I remember one morning I woke up. I was in Anaheim, California, and I was, uh, I was worried about something, and I had something. I mean, it was justified to be worried about. I had, it was like, well, you know, this one, God, is something I should be worried about. And I remember I woke up, and I wasn't, it didn't sleep real well that night, and I woke up early in the morning, and I said, Lord, I have this situation, and I just need to, I wanted to say it the right way even. Lord, I have this situation, and I, I just ask you, Lord, if you'd work this, Lord, if you, and, and well, here's what dropped in my heart. Why don't you start thanking me? And, and this, now, God didn't say this. It wasn't some audible voice, but I just had this thought. Find a hundred things to thank the Lord for. <laughs> so I said, well, I'm trying to pray about this so I can get out of this situation. Why don't you just be thankful. And I'll tell you, I started to do it. Lord, I thank you for, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for the fellowship of believers. Thank you for my wife, Tiffany. Lord, I thank you for each one of my kids. And I started, I started, I think I got to about 
8.17 or 18 things. And you know what happened? My heart was flooded with joy. No more worry. And you know what I realized? You can't worry and be thankful at the same time. Which means if I'm in worry, I'm not thankful. Or I'm not aware. That's why Psalm 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Right? Who forgives your sins? Who heals your diseases? Who redeems your life for destruction? Who satisfies you with loving kindness and tender mercies so that your youth is renewed like the eagles? Who executes righteousness and justice for the oppressed? He goes on and he says, bless the Lord. Think about the good things. Keep your mind on the right things. Don't worry about your life. Somebody say amen. Is the Lord some maybe stirring something in your heart right now as we're saying this? Yeah. God doesn't ever want you to worry. There's never a day in your life you should be worried. There's never a day, there's never an hour in your life you should be concerned. <laughs> How do you know if you are? Peace. Remember? Have that peace check. What's peace? It means you have calm waters inside. Why? Because you did everything right? No. Because you serve the Lord. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The Amplified Version says, do not fret or have anxiety about anything. New Living Translation says this. Listen to this one. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Can we say that together? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. Let me ask you, what are you worried about? What are you concerned about? Don't be. Instead, do what? Pray. Turn your, turn your worries into prayers. Turn your worries into worship. Somebody say amen. amen. And what will happen? How do you know that you're in that place? Verse 7, and the peace of God which surpasses all those pros and cons and thoughts and what am I, what's going to happen when I fail? What's going to happen if this happens? And the peace of God which passes that brilliant brain of yours. And the peace of God which passes all your great reasoning will guard both your heart, that's the place you're born again, and your mind, that's the place you're trying to process it all. So what will happen if instead of worrying, you thank God and you pray about everything, what will happen? The peace of God which passes all those thoughts in your beautiful, great mind, because it is. God gave it to you. Right, Not to turn it off, but to turn it on. But the peace of God which transcends and passes all those things will guard your hearts and will guard your, guard your mind through Christ Jesus. Peace and rest. Peace and rest. I know in this building here, we have Comcast. We got Comcast Internet, okay? And uh, I think we got, you know, 600 speed or I think we upgraded to a gig speed or something like that. But you walk through the building because this building's like 100 years old. So you walk through and, and you're trying to get on the Internet about something and you're not getting Internet speed. It's going in and out and in and out and all those things. And so uh, we had a guy come out. So someone sent a guy out and we came out and he, he went through and he said, well, it's not the problem with the Internet, it's the problem, probably not, and he tested He said, no, it's not the problem with the Internet. It's the problem with the signal. <laughs> the signal going throughout the building because you have all these old walls and all, you, have all these, you have all these barriers and things. He said, so here's the best way to test the Internet speed is to come close to the modem and test it from right there. 
You know, I mean, if you, and what he did was he came through and he had to set up some extenders and some things throughout the building so that anywhere you went in the building, you had kind of the same internet speed. Can I tell you, the problem is not God. <laughs> it's that we're not close enough. <laughs> the problem is not that God's power isn't, isn't, doesn't have enough to just with one word, done. It doesn't take care of every single question or problem or thing that you have. The problem is that we're listening to all these other voices and we have what's called interference. We have what's called distractions. And so if we can have extenders and eliminate the distractions or just come as close as we can to that direct source, which is God himself, what happens? The peace which passes all understanding will guard our hearts. We'll have clear signal. We'll have a clear flow, right? You go to, you can upload, you can download. What's upload, download? Upload is I'm trying to upload my prayers. It goes slower than the downloads, right? I'm trying to upload those prayers, right? What's the downloads? It's God downloading back to us, right? But what do we have to do? We have to get closer to the source. Somebody say amen. The peace which passes understanding. And then he says, finally, my brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, say good report. See, sometimes we like to focus on the bad report. He says, whatever things are of a good report, if there is anything virtue, if there is anything praise, meditate on these things. Notice it didn't say that there's not bad things happening. It didn't say there's not a bad report. It didn't say that there's things that are not virtuous and not true and not right. He just said, just don't think about them. So how do you stay in peace? Stop thinking about all that stuff and think about the good things. Just declare over your life. This is a worry-free zone. Come on, I declared over this room right now. This is a worry-free room today. Amen? Say over your life, I have a worry-free family. I have a worry-free mind. I have a worry-free business. Yeah, I'm not going to worry about a thing. Don't you worry about a thing. Mm-hmm. Stevie Wonder. Okay. Sorry, but uh, worry-free zone. Peace of God's zone. Worry-free living. That's the way it's supposed to be. You know, I've even seen, I, you know, I, I'm not talking about full studies on this, though I know that there are, but I've had, there's been couples, and it's very sensitive, that have been infertile. You know, they haven't been able to have a baby, and they're trying, and they're, paying money and doing the tests and doing all this stuff. And then, then they'll go, I've seen it at least a handful of times, and then they go adopt a baby and say, well, that's okay. You know, there's a lot of babies out there who need to be adopted, so we're just going to adopt this baby. And as soon as they adopt a baby, about a year into it, what happens? They have their own baby. Why? They stopped worrying about it. And something let go. <laughs> something happened. And they had a baby. Right? Why? A lot of it was the concern and the worry and the fear. Can I tell you, which of you by worrying is going to create a baby? Which of you by worrying is going to get yourself a spouse? Which of you by worrying is going to get yourself a house? Which of you by worrying, sounds like Dr. Seuss, is going to get yourself a mouse. No, which of you by worrying is going to make anything happen in your life? It doesn't matter if you, if you worry, it's not going to help. Don't worry, just declare, I have a, come on, say it again, I have a worry-free zone. If you're going to be worried, don't get around me. Yeah, I'll cast my cares on the Lord. Not going to worry about a thing. Worry-free zone. In fact, Isaiah 54, single barren you who have not born. Rejoice. He says expand. You'll expand to the right and the left. What is he saying? He's saying don't worry. Put your hope in the Lord. Well, I just want to give you this last scripture. How do you exchange worry for worship? You can come over here and play. Psalm 55. Psalm 55. This has been rolling in my heart. 
for the last couple of days for you today, and I want you to take this. Psalm 55, 22 says, cast your burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. And then in New Living Translation, same verse says, give your burdens to the Lord, and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. <laughs> Why shouldn't we worry? Not Because it's not only good for the present. It's because you cannot take care of you if you tried. <laughs> I couldn't make my plans happen. It's not that I don't consider myself somewhat smart or somewhat, you know, that I, I have enough sense to be able to take care. But I none of us can make the supernatural happen. And if you're really grabbing onto the, gods, the, the plans of God, they're probably supernatural. They're, in fact, whenever God gives vision, he always inserts himself into the means to have to bring it to pass. So if you seek God and God gives you a vision but, and, and you get worried about that vision, it's probably because you didn't realize it's not you that's going to bring it to pass. It's you and God. Unless the Lord, Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Try to build it alone. It's going to fall. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It's vain for you, Psalm 127 says, to stay up late, to get up early. Somebody says, I like that part. It's vain for me to get up early. No, it's vain for you to stay up late and to get up early, not get enough sleep and brag about the lack of sleep that you get because you're the man. The lack of days off or rest or all this because it's all you and you just got this thing figured out. Can I tell you, you can never bring about a divine mandate from God through the works of the flesh. It always needs God. So what do you do? You worship. You cast your burdens on the Lord and he'll sustain you. You take pressure, anxiety, every single one of us. Let's do it right now. If you have any sense in your mind, which I know you do, at home, if you have any sense in your mind, in your heart, let's do it. Let's roll it all over on the Lord. Say, Lord, I give you every pressure. I give you every care. I give you every worry. I give you every concern. In fact, you might even need to repent of worry right now. <laughs> Say, Lord, I, I ask you to forgive me for worrying about this situation. I ask you to forgive me for worrying about my life. And I come to you and I put all of my hope. Let's exchange it for praise and worship and thanksgiving right now. Come on, tell them, Lord, instead, I, I, I praise you. I thank you. In fact, if you would, would you open your hands to the Lord? I like to do it. Just open your heart to the Lord. Say, God, here's my hands. Here's my heart. Here's my situation. I roll it over on you. I cast it on the Lord. Just like I were to cast a net or to cast a fishing pole, I cast my burden over on you. I give it to you. It's all yours today. In the name of Jesus. And we all said amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.